problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. Uh, really excited to have you guys along. Uh, it's going to be just me today. We're going to be doing some catch-up materials, some things that have been happening for us. Uh, and then we'll get into uh, really taking time to reflect on growth and some relationship building advice. So uh, that's what we've got in store for you on today's show. Hope that you'll uh, hang out with us and continue to listen through. So um, first news is uh, was was asked yesterday and, and uh, validated that uh, we are being signed up for another season of the show. So uh, another uh, 52 weeks is, is being offered and accepted uh, on this network, um, which you know, when we take a, a step back to reflect on growth, I think I had, you know, 200 listeners in my first month of, of doing the show um, versus, you know, the roughly nine, 10,000 that listen in, in monthly. Um, so there's been, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of growth there. So uh, I only have you guys to think, um, or it'd be just me sitting by myself in, in my office chatting. So uh, look, look forward to uh, some really uh, cool things that are coming up. As a matter of fact, um, I had teased this on the show a couple of times and uh, said that there was a big announcement coming. Um, most of you that, that are longtime listeners uh, know that I'm uh, an executive director with the John Maxwell team. Uh, I was honored and blessed to, to be asked to be the chief interviewer for the John Maxwell team official podcast, uh, which is around transformational leadership. Um, so each year, just to kind of break down you know, what this podcast is about, what we do, each year we've been... Um, identifying leaders to to um, really look at how they're transforming their their communities, their companies, transforming other people's lives, building other leaders, and uh, we came up with a recognition. So Paul Gustafson and Mike Harbor, uh, two fellow John Maxwell team members, started this program a, a few years back, and it was a pretty it's a pretty rigorous process. Um, and in in prior years. Uh, so they would they would fill out the initial identification form. We would have a team that that would you know scrub the information, make sure that they're they're uh, uh, kind of worthy to 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 be on John's stage, but just also making sure that they walk the walk, talk the talk. That you know we didn't find anything on social media or that kind of stuff. So uh, there's a, there's a rigorous process there. Then there was a second uh, questionnaire, and that second questionnaire then uh, people got selected to the top 100. Uh, then there was a third questionnaire, which got people to the top 30. And then finally, um, an interview uh, with the, for the top 10 to eventually select the winner, which, which John and, and Paul Martinelli and several others have input to and, and select the winner. Um, that's an arduous process. Some of our past winners, you know, Casey Crawford, um, who's a former NFL player, now runs an incredibly social conscious mortgage company. Uh, Ivan Meisner, who founded uh, B&I. Uh, which is a networking organization that I think that they've got uh, 27,000 chapters of now. It's an incredible 250,000 people um, learning the art of networking from, from Dr. Ivan Meisner. Uh, Bonnie St. John, who was the, the first um, African-American para, uh, Paralympic athlete to, to win a medal, um, are some of our past winners. But these are busy people. They, they, they got a lot of stuff going on. And so the amount of questionnaires and the amount of things that, that we were asking them to do was a little bit too much. So what we came up with, or I say we, Mike and Paul came up with, 
is, you know, let's still have the initial scrub and, and still have the initial questionnaire and find out who these people are and make sure that they advance through the process. But we were, we were missing a key component, meaning we had some incredible people in that top 10 that, you know, their stories didn't get told. The uh, audience didn't get exposed to them. They, they didn't get a chance to really uh, talk about their stories and where they come from uh, and why they're deserving of the award, which many of them were. And so the, the idea of a podcast then uh, was birthed out of that. And so instead of doing a, a final questionnaire and a, a Zoom interview, uh, we're doing a podcast and, and we're, we're allowing people uh, to hear from these great leaders, hear their stories, um, learn from them, but uh, expose the, the, our audience and expose the John Maxwell team and a lot of others to these fantastic people. Um, so that has uh, started. And so if you go to iTunes now, look at Transformational Leader Podcast, you'll find it out there. Um, I like the podcast format uh, for this because it, it really each show is about 15 to 17 minutes long. Well, why is that relevant to us in this audience is, first of all, it's a cool podcast. I mean, there's some fantastic people there. But second of all, um, there's going to be a lot of crossover opportunities to this radio show. Uh, for instance, um, I, I spent about 45 minutes with Dr. Meisner, uh, the, the founder of BNI, the other day and interviewed him for the podcast. And we recognized that there was a lot of things that uh, we could challenge each other with and debate each other on and, and how we certain, you know, how we see certain things, which, which led to him booking a, an hour on this show. So I think what it's going to do is give us greater exposure, but also have us, you know, we're going to have some much more powerful guests. Um, not that, that some of our guests haven't been powerful. In fact, um, you know, Paul Gustafson's been on the show. Um, Todd Nesloni, uh, who I just interviewed for the podcast, we've had him on the show three times, and, and I nominated him for the award last year, uh, and he made it to the top 10. Um, so we've had some really powerful guests, but um, this, this, I think, is going to uh, heighten um, some of our selections for, for our guests. Um, and also, I'll be more attuned to them, because generally the first 10, 15 minutes of this show, you know, I'm getting used to the guests, they're getting used to me. Um, we'll be already attuned and, and ready to hit the ground running. So that's, that's super exciting. Um, so that is the transformational leader podcast, as well as booking another year of the work life balance. Some of the other things that are going on, um, I've talked uh, quite a bit about it, um, but uh, it, it's really coming to fruition now. I think, I think the whole uh, executive team is realizing that, that we're, we're literally about, you know, 20, 21 days away from this event, which was uh, the official Mickey Mouse Club reunion. Um, you know, this idea, uh, we've had a guy that's been kicking this around, you know, ever since like the fifth anniversary. But on Wednesday of this week, um, it was actually the official 30th anniversary of the first date that that show aired. And it, it aired at a perfect time in a perfect place. But there's a lot of people that didn't get exposed to it because the only way you could see the show at the time was to have a, a subscription to the Disney channel, uh, which, you know, that's now free with, with most cable options or most satellite options. But back in the day, you, you had to have a subscription. So uh, these, these kids who, who didn't, they played characters and sketch comedy, but they were themselves, you know, got this incredible boot camp of, um, of dancing and singing and acting and uh, really just, uh, expose them to to a huge audience um furthermore the the way the producers put together the mickey mouse club uh, it wasn't your standard you know cattle call in the sense of okay we're going to host auditions just here in orlando whoever wants to show up can show up they went 
everywhere. They visited every major city and all these towns and really just found the best of the best, which is evidenced by the roster of the show. I mean, you've got uh, uh, Ryan Gosling and Carrie Russell and Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, Chase Hampton, Dale Godboldo, Rona Bennett, uh, Jennifer McGill, uh, Lindsay Alley, Dee Dee Magno Hall, Damon uh, Pampolina. I mean, just just some uh, an incredible roster of talent um, that this, this show produced and a following because for seven years, in seven full seasons, they they were on five days a week and, and right after school. So there's a lot of people, especially kind of in their late 30s, early 40s, uh, that grew up with the show and have a, a special attachment, so much so that there, there's been, you know, uh, Facebook groups and, and people conversing that have stayed together for 30 years um, since the show's been off the air. There really hasn't been any kind of throwback. You know, they, they did do a reboot uh, of the Mickey Mouse Club uh, solely online, uh, which is a whole new generation. But for the, the rabid fans that have been sitting around for 30 years, they, they really haven't, other than following the individual careers and, and hearing tidbits here and there, um, never once in 30 years have we had a member – uh, of all seven seasons, of the, the cast of all seven seasons together. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that is happening. Uh, it's going to be May 17th, 18th, and 19th uh, it, uh, in Orlando at the Hyatt. And we're also part of Megacon, which Megacon is, they've got, uh, they're reuniting the Back to the Future cast for the first time. They're reuniting the Lost Boys, uh, the Goonies. All of these people are going to be there, as well as our Mickey Mouse Club uh, 30 uh, we're going to have a panel at, at Megacon hosted by the one and only Joey Fatone. So we're in final preparations. You know, we've been planning this for, for really 18 months. Uh, but to be, to be about, you know, 20 days away, uh, 21 days away, it's, it's, it's becoming real. And in fact, in about uh, 17 days, most of the executive production team is going to be down there to, together uh, making the final preparations for this event. So tickets are still available. If, you, if you're going to be in the Orlando area or want to go see some of this, you can go to MickeyMouseClubReunion.com, pick up your tickets there. Um, we've got some really cool events. We're doing um, a VIP meet and greet, which is sold out uh, at this point, but we are doing a VIP meet and greet. Then we do the panel interview uh, at Megacon, and then we head over to Epcot. And we've got um, a private showing of Lindsay Alley's show called Blood, Sweat, and Mouseketeers. Um, we'll have a play to dinner for that. Then everybody's going to go outside, get some fireworks. When they come back in, we're going to have a, uh, basically a 90s jam. Uh, we'll have uh, a live band. Several of the Mouseketeers are going to get up and perform um, for the first time in front of this audi- you know, these audiences for, for quite some time. And we're going to have a lot of fun. So the after party is going to really rage on until probably 1 or 2 in the morning. Um, we all go back to the hotel and then Sunday we're having soul Sunday. So we have several musketeers, uh, in the ministry that, um, we wanted to have kind of a special worship service, uh, for those of those people that wanted to come and attend. So all those tickets are available. You can buy them kind of a la carte and go just to the panel interview, uh, and see Megacon. You can come out just to the after party. Um, all that's going to be available to you. So we'd love to see you there. And, You'll see me there. So uh, if, if you happen to, to pick up tickets and, and come find me there, let me know you're listening to the show. That'd be fantastic. Look forward to seeing you guys. So that's kind of some of the stuff that's going on in terms of the other year of the show, Transformational Leader Podcast, MMC, MMC30, which is quite frankly just you know taking up all my time at the moment. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some, some effective techniques to relationship building. 
and I'm going to take some time to, to reflect on some growth, um, which I think is important for all of us to do from time to time. So we hope you'll uh, join us right after we play some of these commercials. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to this Friday afternoon of the Work-Life Balance. It's Rick Morris just hanging out with you today, just uh, catching you up on some things that are going on. Uh, in our world, we'll talk about some uh, relationship building here and some things that, that are going on. wanted to give a quick shout out. One of the biggest questions uh, I think I get uh, from listeners is, is what is the song or what is the music uh, that is being played in our lead in? And, and this turned into to somewhat of a funny story, but um, uh, I was the executive producer of a group called The Party, which was the first group that, that, was, that came out of Disney's, the first time Disney experimented with taking people from their show and promoting them into a music career. Um, and uh, we, we had some studio sessions uh, a few years back, really in the 2013 timeframe. Um, and the album itself didn't work out and that, that's fine. It happens in the, in the music industry. But uh, when I joined the voice America network, they were like, Hey, do you have some lead in music, but it, it's, it's gotta be royalty free. And I said, no, wait a minute, I actually own some music that I think I can use. So that's how we started to use that and has now become a moniker of the show. Uh, but that's a song called Switch uh, from the party. That was just the lead-in that I looped. Uh, and we'll have Chase uh, Hampton, Damon Pampolina, and Dee Dee Magno Hall, which are all members of the party at the reunion. But I did want to shout out uh, Chase Hampton, uh, Lisa Kanata, uh, Yvette Cherkula, and um, Dale Godboldo, who make up kind of the – with me, we make up the core five of, of the executive producer team of the MMC30. and. Uh, I've been so blessed to, to be a part of that team with them and, and watch them do what they do uh, and really excited about this event. So I said I was going to do a little bit of reflection. Uh, it really came from a, a phone call I got this afternoon uh, from a client. Um, you know, I, I, I've told the story quite a bit of my business. I've told the story quite a bit uh, of some of our personal failures. 
and today, um, I actually you know, got a call that just just made me sit back and say, okay, well, you know, there there's a sign of growth. There there's there's where um, attitudes and and how you handle certain things is is part of that growth. And I think it's really important because you, you can't understand where you're going to go if you don't know where you've been, and if you don't reflect on if you've grown or how you've grown, then then what are we doing it for? And so I'll start the story with uh, back in, in 2012. So uh, 2012 and 2013 were probably the two roughest years for me uh, as a business owner and um, nearly went bankrupt um, in, in the beginning of 2014 as a result of 2012, 2013. Um, but in 2012, I, I had a project that was too big for me. Now, I didn't understand that it was too big for me at the time because I had a leadership lid uh, that John Maxwell talks about in essentially you know, you could, leaders can only grow their organization to the max capacity of how the leaders grow, essentially. And I had not grown and was not big enough to handle um, not only the project, but the politics that, that was going down. And, and as, as that project failed, um, it, it was a nightmare. There, were, there was depression. There was um, self-doubt. I started questioning whether or not I was going to stay in the business that I was in. I mean, just a lot of stuff that goes on. Uh, when something like that happens. So we fast forward now, um, you know, we had a project that was about similar in size um, and it also uh, failed. The projects fail. And, um, but this was a, a failure on all sides. Not, you know, I, I really, uh, although I didn't think that there was a lot of integrity with that company in 2012, I still think a lot of the failures were mine. Um, in this case, there was a lot of joint failure. Um, Things certainly we could have done better, things that they could have done way better. Um, but uh, I, I was asked if I could participate in a call for lessons learned. And uh, it was a very pleasant call. And coming out of this, you know, I don't talk to really anybody from that, that, that organization in 2012. I mean, things just went nasty fast and feelings were hurt. People were upset, that kind of stuff. Um, to now that the, the, the core sponsor, the kind of the executive sponsor, the lead of the IT department and the project manager and I have, have remained close and friends and cordial. And we, we had a very uh, adult meeting about what could have happened better, what, what we all learned from it. Um, but it really made me just take a step back because um, the opportunity to react the way that I reacted in 2012 was certainly present. I, I had the the opportunity uh, to, to essentially light it on fire and burn the bridge as I left. Um, and in this case, uh, really worked hard on maintaining the relationships, maintaining um, my my temper and anger that that uh, I've worked so hard to to, to control. Um, had to minimize the Italian in me who likes to argue. Um, and the result of that is, you know, there's certainly opportunities that we could, we could do business again, but, but have, have fostered some fantastic relationships. And I, I, I think the, the key to that, that I learned and, and that I certainly deployed is to, is to be humble in your mistakes first, um, admit when you're wrong first, um, so that it doesn't become a challenge of, uh, something is everybody else's fault. You know, we all know these people that, um, just refuse to be wrong, uh, refuse to take accountability, refuse to be wrong. And that's to, to me, I'll just say how I feel about that. I think that's sad. I think it's, um, 
it, it, it's not an acceptable way to go through life. We all are growing. We all make mistakes. If we all see ourselves as imperfect beings, then how can we always be right? How can we never be wrong? Um, and so, you know, one phrase that, that I've pulled, pulled out, um, in, I, I doubt I read it somewhere. I think I came up with it and we'll, we'll roll with that, but I could be wrong. I'll be happy to admit if I am, but um, I came up with a saying for my kids that every interaction is a transaction and somebody's buying. And what I mean by that is every time you talk with somebody, every time you have an interaction with somebody, a transaction's going down. They're either buying what you say or they, they don't buy what you say. You're either buying what, what the person's telling you or you're not. Um, and all of that becomes debits and credits into a, a bank of trust and a bank of a relationship. And so if every interaction is a transaction someone's buying, you need to make sure that that you know what you're selling is is authentic uh, and integrous. Uh, I, I did several coaching sessions this week, and uh, a common theme that came out um, was around people who get frustrated or um, are quick to take over tasks. And, and I had to walk these, these clients through and say, well, you know, first of all, when you started the company, did, did you know how to do this stuff or, or did you learn? And they're like, oh, no, no, we learned how to do it. So, okay, how did you learn? They said, well, by, by doing it. Right. And so if I came in midway through and took the task over for you, would you learn from that? And there was that instant realization of, no, I, I don't think I would have. Said so, so. Then, how do you allow trust to build for the people who work for you? You got to give them tasks, allow them to complete it. Be okay if it may not be as fast as you or as good as you, but you weren't fast or good the first time you tried anything either. It's the repetitive nature that allows someone to develop the skill set to be fast and knowledgeable. But if you get frustrated that they're not as fast as you, right? This is for the people that say things like. Um, uh, well, if I want it done right, I'll just do it myself. And that's, that just leads to a busy, busy lifestyle. That's all that leads to um, versus saying, all right, I want you to be able to do it like me. But I realize, you know, for instance, when I do configurations of CAPPM, I've been working on that product for 20 years, right? There's no way I'm going to cram 20 years of knowledge down, down somebody's head. There's just no way it's going to happen. But what I can do is create ways for them to start to develop some of the tougher lessons I learned that I've never forgotten. And the reason why I haven't forgotten them is because I had to work through them. It's back to Christian Simpson's quote that says, if I tell somebody the answer, I rob them of a lifetime of learning. And that, that is probably one of the most profound quotes uh, to me. Um, because I remember when I heard it for the first time, I, I dropped to tears because I realized how directive of a leader I was being. So when you're trying to build a relationship, um, I always ask, you know, who's your best friend? Who's your spouse? You know, who do, do you trust them? Like who, who's the most trustworthy person in your life? And how did you learn to trust them? And that answer can be different for, for different people. It certainly is in the personality styles. So, um, you know, if you, if you understand DISC and, and we'll talk about that in the next segment, but like a high D they earn trust by people, you know, committing and, and completing the deliverables in the time frame that they asked. They're, they're results-based people. So you got to give them the opportunity to do so in order for you to gain trust. And then once you gain trust, you can build a relationship. But if the high D gets frustrated and just takes it over from them, 
then you've robbed you both of an opportunity not only to grow together, but for you to empower people to to grow for you. So that's that's a huge um, item to me uh, in relationship building. But understand and, and ask yourself, who do I trust and why do I trust them? And then how can I create opportunities for them to to complete that, right? Uh, I was coaching uh, someone earlier today and, and she had said, well, um, I trust by people, you know, uh, completing the work. I, 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 I sit back to see if they're going to do it the way I want to. Uh, and over time, and I was like, well, why does it have to be over time? Why can't you create, um, you know, a couple of tasks early so you can see how they perform so that you can learn to see whether or not, you know, you're, you're going to be able to trust them with bigger tasks. Be deliberate, be intentional about how you're building the the trust with somebody and be open. Let them know that, you know, if, if being on time is something for you, let people know that. If it's quality and correctness, then, then let people know that. If it's creativity and ideas, uh, let people know that. But um, I watch so many leaders hold that information in, then decide whether or not an employee is going to be good or not based on criteria that's unknown to the employee, and then they, they move off, right? And, and so um, all this to say that relationship has to come from a place of humility. You've got to be willing to grow outside of your comfort barriers. Not everybody that you meet is gonna, going to adapt to you. And you've got to figure out what makes you trust and give people opportunities to earn that. Um, and in doing so, you can build some long-term relationships. Um, I've got several friends I've heard from, from two or three this week uh, that I haven't heard from in quite some time. Uh, but it's as if you know we just talked yesterday, which, which I love. Um, but that is a, a constant concerted effort to building relationships. So when we come back, what we're going to do is talk about two tools that are available to you to help understand it. And the two tools, to me, go hand in hand. They're not, they're not separated. And I'll explain that when we come back after break. But you're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. We'll be right back. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program. 
at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the third segment of the Work-Life Balance this Friday afternoon. We're talking about relationship building and some tools uh, to help you see relationships in a different light. Um, the first tool, uh, you know, I, I talk about it all the time, and, and I can't stress it enough. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you reach out to me uh, at rick at rickamorris.com or rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com, we can hook you up with this. It's like 25 bucks, but um, is, is a DISC assessment. DISC is one of the greatest things to help you grow your influence because while you have like Myers-Briggs and all these other tests, what I love about DISC and it's specifically this version of DISC that we're using is it gives you three charts. Uh, chart one is kind of how you're allowing people to see you. Chart two is where you go into stress and chart three um, is who you are at your core. So you can start to to compare chart one and chart three uh, to see how much of your core you're modifying for your existing environment, things like that. It's really big insights. But it also gives you insights into how people perceive you. Um, so, for instance, um, you know, as a high I that I am, if I meet a high C, I might think um, that uh, they need to take more control of a meeting or that they need to to speak up more, that kind of stuff. Well, once I understand, I, I recognize that that's, that's not something I'm going to force onto somebody. It's not something I'm going to push them into. Um, and part of it in, in understanding yourself is to be able to, to announce it, again, in a humble way. I, I, I said it on almost over every coaching call uh, in the last two weeks is, you know, I'm not asking to change. You, you don't read a DISC profile and change who you are. You read a, a DISC profile to, choose, to change how you're perceived. Um, and how you can correct perceptions is something as simple as, um, you know, in a meeting, I can say, look, I'm a high eye. I, I tend to, to wander and get off track. So if you guys feel like I am, um, just just snap me back, right? And I make a joke of it. But but the point being is I'm announcing that my mind wanders, that my, my ADD takes over, that, that sometimes you may think I'm not paying attention, and I absolutely am. Um, same with a high C. You know, high C could say, you know, when you're pressuring me for a decision, I, I tend to go silent and really – it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's because I'm, I'm thinking through it. I'm, I'm in deeper thought. And so if you ever feel that way, just let me know. But, I'll, you know, I'll ask for time then. It, it, there's just little qualifiers. Um, you know, as a high eye, ego is, is one of the things that comes out. Um, but, but what I know personally of high eyes and most of the high eyes that I work with and um, me and a great friend of mine is, is a super high eye, uh, we have a lot of insecurities. So when, when we are perceived as being egotistical, we're, we're kind of overdoing our insecurities. Um, and so you learn how to take that off the table. Um, when I do that on stage, uh, how I do that is I tell uh, stories of more failure than I do success. If I just got up there and said, you know, this is how awesome I am as a project manager, then, uh, yeah, the ego is going to come way out. But if I tell stories of, like, just horrible mistakes that I've made or life-changing mistakes that I've made, um, it's a better connection point with the audience. And so I understand how I'm perceived. I understand what my blind spots are. And I kind of announce them to take them off the table to bring everybody onto a common plane. So DISC is one of the, the greatest things you can learn and invest in. 
and learn how to, to read people uh, so that you're communicating effectively. Now, I said there's two tools. Well, the other tool is a 360 investment. So we, we have a, a Maxwell Leadership 360-degree uh, uh, assessment. Uh, but what's interesting, in, in so I've been co- I've, I have a contract uh, right now where I have 86 engineers that, that I'm walking them through. And I, I had them do both, both DISC and 360. Because when you start to read the comments um, that, that people have, the free text comments in the 360, it, it sheds a different light on it. And, and so what I mean is, um, you know, one of the comments uh, may say, um, you know, this person's more reserved than, than I know them to be. Well, once you understand that that person's a high C, then they don't really open up until they trust you. Well, again, as a high C, if I'm reading that comment, I don't want them to think of, wow, I got I to gotta come into a meeting and, and step way out of my comfort zone. It's more saying, okay, yep, that fits my personality. Um, what are some small things I can change that, that, that'll lead to, to great behavior change in order for people to understand me, right? That's the key is I, I, I don't want to, I don't want people to change necessarily in sense of who they are, but I do want them to be able to um, outwardly uh, take certain things off the table, outwardly change the perception of who they are, um, which I think is key. So when you're reading the 360, there's also, uh, some comments there that are, um, are are shockingly good that you may have glossed over. So, for instance, I was coaching a high C personality, um, and high Cs are deep thinkers. Um, and she felt um, they're, they're also highly critical of themselves. So she felt that she was not a very good listener and that she felt that, that people were ignoring her. Well, one of the comments she got back on the 360s that she shows great empathy. And that's, again, just not something that, that's generally um, attributed to a, a high C, especially if they're just getting to know each other. So the fact that she was able to convey empathy, I thought was a huge win um, and something that she should be excited for, uh, whereas you might just glance over that and go, well, I'm not that empathetic, so, you know, whatever. So, so by mixing the two things together, number one, you're understanding how people perceive you, and then that changes the light just a little bit of when you read the comments that, that people leave uh, in the 360. So those two tools put together become a powerful coaching session because it, it reveals blind spots. It reveals um, perceptions that you may not be aware of. But most of the comments that, that we see on there just require a small tweak, a small change. Um, so, for instance, uh, I was running a, a PMO for a bank, and I could tell that I started to lose the team. And so, in trying to understand why I wasn't being as effective as a communicator, I asked them to, to write down all the things that they didn't like about me. And they could present that to my boss, or they could present it to me with my boss, but either way, it was going to go into my professional development plan. And almost everything on the list, almost everything on that list was something I could change that day. It was literally small little ticks of my behavior, very small, um, that I didn't even realize I was doing. And so um, once I was aware of the behaviors that, that were bothering them and that they weren't voicing, um, it was easy to change them. And that led to this culture of just being able to, to speak freely with each other and say, hey, you know, when you do that, this is kind of the way you made me feel. Or when you did this, this is what I thought. and. Uh, 
having an open environment like that in, in, in people that are willing to not only say that, but the other people that are willing to take action grows to an incredible relationship with that team. In fact, um, through, through nothing that I did, just through the team being open and holding each other accountable and communicating in such an effective way, uh, they were like the most desired team on the floor in sense that everybody wanted to be a part of that team. They're like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool to be on that team? Cause look how much fun they have. They're always laughing. They, they get along really well. They're doing very effective work. You know, I want some of that. And so through us modeling the behavior, we were able to take this idea across a floor of like 150 people uh, and really start to, to employ uh, changes in communication. But it started with disc and then open and honest comments, which is what you get from a 360, uh, and mirroring the two to be able to uh, understand and reflect on how you're being perceived and what small changes um, you can make. And so I think those are, those are all powerful techniques, which leads to that ultimate result uh, of you guys are what we call in the arena. If I trust you and I know what your blind spots are and I'm aware, and you trust me, you know my blind spots and I'm aware, then we have this trusting relationship where the most creative and the most complete work is going to be going to be done. And so um, most of, of the things that we deal like I personally, I don't believe in personality conflicts. I just don't. What, what I see is a breakdown of communication to the point that it can't be repaired. And then they'll call it a personality conflict, but it's, it's not, it's, it's uh, I'm not voicing the things that are bothering me, you're not voicing the things that are bothering you. And we let those build up to the point that we don't trust you and therefore don't like you. And then we call it a personality conflict. I think it was a lack of understanding where each other was coming from in the first place. And, and therefore that's, that's why we're, we're at this break. So uh, we're going to take uh, uh, our final break here in just a second. And uh, normally, you know, the, when I have a guest in the last segment of the show, um, I ask them what some of the best advice uh, they ever received. Um, I did that with Dr. Uh, Ivan Meisner when we were doing the uh, podcast recording, and, and he just started dropping gold. So in the final segment there, I'm going to share two or three of the quotes uh, that I heard from Dr. Meisner and, and really just had uh, a, a profound impact on me uh, as I was listening to that interview. So we'll do that on the final segment of the Work-Life Balance. You've been listening to Rick Morris. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. 
And we are back for the final segment of the Work-Life Balance this Friday afternoon. Um, as I was teasing into break, um, I had the great honor uh, of interviewing Dr. Ivan Meisner. We're actually going to have Dr. Meisner on the show, I think, in about four or five weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I generally love to ask the question, what's some of the best advice you, you've ever received? And, and some of the, the best quotes that I've gotten from our guests uh, come from that question. Um, and, and so he laid three down, just, I mean, just boom, boom, boom. It came in rapid fire. Um, but, uh, the first one he said is, is something that came from his mom. His mom actually bought him a paperweight and it's still on his desk today. And it says diplomacy is the art of letting someone else have your way. Diplomacy is the art of letting someone else have your way, uh, which is a very powerful quote. Uh, meaning that uh, you don't always have to be the the bull in the china shop as you're trying to push ideas through. The art of diplomacy is is by influence and and committing uh, other people to to see the way you know things the way you see it, and that's uh, a definite art form. Uh, and I enjoyed that quote. Um, the second one that he talked about was um, he said that uh, he thinks that business people are either working in their flame or working in their wax says when they're working in their flame, they're on fire. They're excited. They love what they're doing. You can hear it in their voice. You can see it in the way they behave. But if they're working in their wax, they're just tired and it's taking all of their energy and you can hear that in their voice and you can see that in the way that they behave. And uh, I, I've, I've noticed that as I start to make uh, some, some career transitions, there's, there's activities that, that are part of this new dream um, that, that once I get going on it, I'm in my fire for sure. I am, I'm flowing creative, uh, lots of things, you know, happening. Um, we're building a, a, a new series called the art of ethical influence, which we kind of teased on the show a couple weeks back. Um, but when, when I get caught up in kind of the drudge of some of the things that I, I really don't want to be doing anymore, I'm definitely in my wax. And so it's, it's helping me understand, um, to, to, to pay attention to the fire and, and pay attention to the wax so that I know how I can start to transition things out. I asked them then, though, um, you know, what, what's one of the biggest mistakes that, that business owners make? And he said uh, he thinks that the, the biggest mistakes that the people have that they make is that they try to do a thousand things six times instead of six things a thousand times. And he finished with, so find your flame and do it 1,000 times. Um, that, that hit me. It's something I needed to hear right then as, as you know, I've got, uh, you know, nine different projects going on plus three different ideas in my head um, to find your six things and identify what your six things are um, so that we can start to do a, a, a thousand times. And, you know, as I, as I meet with many business people and, and try to pour into to, to, to people that I care for. Um, I, I'm watching them do the thousand things six times. And even so, they, they, there's six things, they'll push one of them off because they'll be like, I've never done that before. And it's like, hey, so, so in order for us to do it a thousand times, there's got to be a way for us to do it the first time. And once we do it the first time, then it becomes the second, third, and fourth. John Maxwell actually says from stage, He'll say, you know, that people come up to him and say, oh, John, you're such a, a great communi- communicator. You do so good at telling personal stories. And um, he, he answers that by saying, 
you know, I've done this like 30,000 times. If, if I'm not good at it by now, then, then I definitely chose the wrong profession. The, the difference is, is, you know, he wasn't good the first time. He actually tells a funny story of his, of his first uh, a sermon that he delivered to this, to this uh, small little farm church uh, that, that when he was a first a pastor, and he said it was awful. And, and so, but that was his first time. And your first time, you're not going to be great. Your second time, you're not going to be great. But um, the more and more you go, and, and so thinking of that, I went back and, and listened to one of my first shows. Not that, that I'm awesome now, but I'm just saying I went back to one of my first shows uh, that I did for this network. And I went back and looked at some of my uh, footage of, of speeches that I, were do, I was doing in like 2012 and 2013. And um, you, can, you, you can see the growth and you can see the things that, that I consciously changed. But, you know, now I've done it, you know, a thousand times. And um, when I look back five years from today, I hope that I'm just as frustrated that, that I haven't grown to where I would be in, in five years. It's, it's the same thing, but we've got to uh, find our six things um, and then create the way uh, to do it a thousand times. So I'm happy to discuss that with anybody who wants to discuss it. I'm always happy uh, to discuss the John Maxwell team. Um, you actually can go out to uh, Calendly.com. It's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com. Uh, slash R2 Consulting, and uh, that's direct access to my calendar. So um, there's things that you can pick there in terms of, you know, do you want 30-minute meeting? Do you want uh, to discuss John Maxwell team? Do you want to discuss coaching? That kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, feel free to, to throw some time on the calendar and, and, and have a chat with me. I'd love to hear from you. Love to help you guys out wherever you're at. As we start to look at uh, upcoming uh, weeks, it, I just I literally got asked by a client, they said, what day uh, in May do you have available? And it's like, I don't have a day in May available at the moment, which is a good and bad problem to have. But coming up next week, we're going to have uh, Cherie Griffin on the show. She is uh, somebody I call my JMT sister. Um, we just opened up a, a, a foundation together that we're about to announce, um, along with a couple other JMT members. Uh, directed at uh, youth and uh, coaching our youth and teaching values to our youth. So we'll be super excited about that. We'll discuss that on the show next week. Um, then the following two weeks after that, they're going to be replays. Um, I'll be in the air coming back uh, from an event um, during the show, you know, the week of the 10th. And then the 17th, we'll be actually at the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, we may uh, have an opportunity to do something live there. Uh, I just don't want to count on it, but most likely we'll do a replay and then we'll be back on May 24th uh, to talk with you. And I'll be a little bit all over the world uh, in between then. So it looks like I'm, uh, I'm going to be in Georgia and Pennsylvania and Washington uh, in Orlando, just a, a lot of different places. So a lot of travel coming up, but uh, excited to, to, to do it for sure. Um, with that, I, you know, I, I just want to say thank you again. Um, you, you guys have been incredible to me. The, the, the feedback that I get on the show, uh, suggested guests, all of those different things, please feel free to, to reach out to me at, at Rick A. Morris. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Rick A. Morris. Uh, you can find me, uh, on Instagram as well as, uh, email me directly at Rick at Rick or rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Uh, any of those platforms, you know, we see quite a bit and uh, be happy to, to reach out to you 
uh, and help you with anything that you guys like. Um, so again, we've got some exciting weeks coming up. I can't wait. Uh, I'll probably take that show of the 24th and reflect on what happened at the MMC reunion, um, all the different things that uh, that occurred out there. So that'll be exciting. Um, and then we've got some really powerful guests uh, that are lined up. So uh, like we said, Dr. Ivan Meisner, he's going to be on the show the 21st of June. We've got Diane Randall coming up on the show. Um, and uh, just a lot of uh, uh, exciting people that, that are being lined up to help us out right here at the Work-Life Balance. So again, um, I love you guys. I appreciate it. And as always, I'm hoping that you're achieving your work-life balance. And we'll talk to each other again next Friday right here on the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.